Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast, a podcast for anyone into fitness, especially those listeners who have been doing the same workouts with the same rep ranges for years. We are Katie and Heather, owners of Bar Pass Fitness, and we are here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation in the fitness industry. Today, we are talking about progressive overload, periodization, and programming. Yeah, so we touched on progressive overload a couple episodes back when we were talking about how to or, you know, how to get people to stop changing their workouts so frequently. So um, I know Heather touched on like the the other end of the spectrum. If you've been doing the same workouts with the same rep ranges for years, um, we basically this episode is to explain like, what is progressive overload? What is that happy medium between not, you know, changing your workouts every day, but not sticking in the same workout routine you've been doing for years. So we're going to go into a little bit more Um, or go more in depth on what actually progressive overload is and how to do it. Yeah, so let's start with a basic definition. So progressive overload is the continual addition of stress placed on the body over time as the body adapts. So as we train, the body adapts to the stress we put on it so that we can get stronger. Therefore, it's imperative we continue to add additional stress in order to overcome adaptation, gain muscle, get stronger, and look better. Yeah, and I just want to like... break down that a little bit more because when most people think of progressive overload they think of okay I'm, I'm getting stronger so that means I'm adding weight to the bar and yes that is one way to do it but I will say the more advanced you get the less important that adding weight to the bar is going to be when you're talking when we're talking about progressive overload in general so yeah like if you're competing in powerlifting or doing some type of a strength sport where adding weight to the bar is the main form of your progressive overload. Obviously that's important, but for the majority of people, that is not, you know, the end all be all of your progress. So what are other ways of uh, progressively overloading? Well, you can change your tempo. Like you can do the same rep range, the same weight, and then just slow down the tempo a little bit. And that's a form of progressive overload because like Heather said, you know, placing a different stress on the body is a form of um, overload. So adding more time under tension is a huge way to progress. Um, You can change up your rep ranges, right? And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later in this episode, like how to do that and, you know, why rep ranges in general might not matter as much as you think. And again, we'll explain that in a few minutes. Um, You can also adjust your rest period. So maybe you've been resting for 60 seconds. Well, what if we try to increase your rest time and see, okay, you're more recovered in between sets. Maybe you are adding weight to the bar with that longer rest period, right? So there are a lot of different ways to progress your programming. You just have to be doing it in some sort of fashion. But again, you don't want to do it too often and you don't want to not do it at all, right? So... Yeah. And we have a blog on our website on progressive overload. So we'll link that in the show notes. And in that blog, we also list a bunch of different ways to pro- to progress that aren't weight on the bar. So definitely yeah. check that out. And just like another note on the, you know, like progressing with just adding weight to the bar. If that were the case, you guys, we would all be squatting like 10,000 pounds because if you were continuously progressing with adding weight to the bar, well, then that would just be endless, right? Your body would, well, one, you would crumble under 5,000 pounds. Like your body can't handle that. So that's why we want to get you thinking outside of the box um, as far as strength gains and just adding weight to whatever movement you're doing. Yeah. So 
back in the day, people and certifications and everyone stated that rep ranges do different things, right? So um, we've all kind of been told hypertrophy is eight to 12 reps, right? Strength work is four to six reps, then you're going to get more strength. If you want to work on power, you got to be in the one to three rep range. And endurance is like 15 to 20 reps, right? Um, but what more recent studies have found is these rep ranges don't actually matter as much as we used to think. So what does matter is that you are implementing um, progress somehow and progressive overload um, as you adapt. And um, so what we think is most beneficial is um, using a variety of rep ranges, right, throughout your training at different stages. So I'm going to link a few of these studies in the, in the show notes as well, the more recent ones. But the main takeaway is that you can get strong and build muscle with any rep range, really. Um, findings do suggest that people who are more experienced uh, do need heavier loads to actually get stronger, while muscle growth, if that's your main goal, can really happen at any rep range. Yeah, and just to expand on that, like if you, let's say you've been doing the hypertrophy range of 8 to 12 reps, and yeah, you saw some progress at first, and you've plateaued. So what if we drop you down to that 1 to 3 rep range, and now we're lifting heavier loads? You're gonna see some muscle growth. So like, you can argue that that one to three rep range at that time in your training life is, you know, is the muscle building range, right? So it, it's definitely, it, it's important to consider like what you haven't been doing is a really good stimulus. But again, like that doesn't mean changing everything, you know, every week or even every couple weeks, right? So it's just, you know, a good way to think about it is what have I not been doing for a while? And can I switch to that rep range, um, you know, for the context of what we're talking about here, and that will spark a new stimulus and some new muscle growth. So um, and this is how I do it with with my clients. So we do month to month mesocycles, right? So the goal is to progress in each of those mesocycles somehow, which is usually around I find the sweet spot is about four weeks for people. And yeah, we want to see maybe some strength on the bar or maybe adding, you know, uh, you know, a little bit of weight to each exercise. But a lot of times with people, that just means they're owning the the movement better as we go through those four weeks. And I will continuously, you know, switch the rep ranges up for them, not in that um, not in one mesocycle, but as we progress through, um, you know, month to month. And so like, I know one example right now, one of my clients, we've never done higher reps before um, in the year that we've been training. And I was like, it's, it's, it's time to do it. And we're doing like three sets of 15 on squats, on bench press, on deadlifts, and she is completely gassed. But we haven't added any weight to the bar, but the second week she was like, okay, I'm feeling way more confident with this. I feel like my endurance is getting a little bit better to get through the set. And that is a form of progressing, which means that this is, you know, we're, we're, we have some sort of progressive overload in that mesocycle or phase of her training. And another way to think about it, you guys like, so for my training, I do a lot of skill-based movements and Sometimes progression for me means, okay, are we getting better at that skill? So let's take handstand training, for example. Um, and I have a few clients doing this as well. And to me, if they're progressing, their balance is getting better. That's a huge, huge way to for me to see that, you know, they're progressing in their handstand training. Like 
if me personally, if I have better balance, you know, training for a handstand push up, if I can, you know, figure out the balance a little bit better week to week, that means I'm progressing. And then that there's some sort of progressive overload happening, right? So it doesn't just mean, okay, strength and weight on the bar and hypertrophy, like you can train for specific skills, which obviously require some strength. But if they're more skill based, like there are different ways to think about it. Um, so I just wanted to incorporate that example to illustrate like it's not just weight on the bar. So so I want to talk about periodization next, um, because many strength coaches use this, um, and it's used a lot in athletics, but the general principles can also be used in general training as well. Um, but periodization is basically, uh, the manipulation of various training variable variables to drive adaptation. So in sports specifically, it's used to improve performance on a specific day, right? So that's when I think periodization is like super important to, to add to your training yeah. program. Um, so if you're aiming for like peak performance for a certain time, for some reason, you can use like higher training, vol uh, higher training volume and lower intensities, and then taper volume down to lower training volume and higher intensities as you get closer to your competition or sport or whatever it is. So it's kind of like, you know, marathon training and tapering, but we're actually adding intensity and more load and heavier weights while we reduce volume as we get closer to comp. So yeah, like competition, I guess a good example would be like powerlifting because you used to compete yeah, in it, right? So, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Um, so I do want to note that there there are studies that have been done um, that compare periodized and non-periodized strength training um, programs. And the findings are actually mixed here on the effects uh, if periodization actually does result in more strength gains overall. Um, if you want to read more on this, there's kind of a lot out there, but um, the Stronger by Science group um, did a great post about this back in March on their Instagram page. So you can, you can always look at that as well. Um, but there have been a few studies that have kind of showed mixed results like are you actually getting stronger when you do periodization um, versus just kind of like um, adapting or changing your training every so often or not? And um, the, the results are mixed. Uh, we think maybe, but we're not sure. Um, so there are multiple ways to use periodization. If you're interested uh, with the most popular is linear periodization. There's also undulating block, reverse linear and more. We're not going to go into those in this episode. Um, but an example, like I mentioned earlier, is that um, high volume hypertrophy work in the first mesocycle. Um, and maybe it's, you know, a few months followed by strength work where volume decreases and then we get more intense with the weight followed by some power, maybe some lower reps. Maybe we're doing some overloading, um, but we're tapering the volume down for the performance. Um, so this is kind of remember those eight to 12 reps and then four to six reps. And then, um, you know, we're doing triples and doubles before, um, before we get close to a meet and then we do a deload, um, so that you're, a, you're basically growing your work capacity for those higher intensities as you go. And then you deload and instead of overtraining, you then super compensate so you can hit a big PR for either your competition or your testing week. Yeah. So do you want to explain what super compensate means really quick? So like, to, just to relate it like to this example so people can see what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like it's a, a graph, like a visual yeah, graph it's is the graph. easiest way to yeah. show this. But basically like you're training, training, training and your volume is getting lower. So you can picture that line going lower, but your intensity is getting higher. So you picture a graph showing your intensity throughout the months. It's higher, higher, higher. And you're almost to a point where you're like about to overtrain because you're working that hard, right? And so you could overtrain, but what you do is you deload and then um, the the it's like a significant drop in your volume and your intensity, right? And then that next week, what happens is you you can do like 104% or 102%, right? Instead of 100%. So you now you can do a PR 
because you've basically tried to train, you're like almost out training your work capacity, but then you stop and deload and then you get stronger. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So like essentially you're just manipulating this periodization that we're totally. talking about in order to peak for your competition day, because ideally you would want that super compensation to happen on your meet day. Right. Yeah. And I think this is like important because a lot of people when they're doing strength sports or even when you're just training in general, what you're trying to do right with training is typically like get close to the point of like fatigue, failure, you know, whatever, but you're not there. And a lot of people are like, well, I haven't hit a PR in a long time, right? But that's not the goal of training, yeah, right? You're trying to balance fatigue with training. And so it, you should feel like crap sometimes. Yeah, right. And, and like we've preached before that you don't want to feel like crap a lot when you're training. But no. just like everything there's a balance to uh, there's a balance to it all right like if you're leaving every training session trashed well then you're doing too much but sometimes like especially when we're adding in this new stimulus you will probably feel pretty trashed the first day like going back to the example I was talking about with my client we're doing you know high reps of these like compound lifts she was toast like the first week she was like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like I'm hungry. I can't, I was so tired and I'm like, okay, that telling me we might've done a little bit too much, but I, I told her, I was like, just give it a week or two. And by the end of this phase slash mesocycle, whatever you want to call it, you will feel like you're owning the weight that you're doing for these higher reps. And we're maybe, I think we'll be, you know, week three tomorrow. And after that second week, she's already feeling like she's less gassed. So that is telling me that her body is progressing and adapting to the stimulus. Right. But when we're talking about like athletes in their training, you know, like basically Heather's example, like they're going to be fatigued more often. Right. But, but that's because their whole goal is to train for a specific sport. If you're just a general like fitness enthusiast and you know that it's beneficial for you and you know that you know, you want to continue to progress and you know, it's important. You do not have to do this like, you know, so specifically and, you know, quite as regimented like Heather laid out. But we just wanted to lay out that example to show you like, okay, this is what we mean when we say periodization and, you know, why it can be important and why you do need to manipulate some variables here and there. But it doesn't need to be like, all right, let's time it on this day so you could PR, you know, here and there. Like for me, my clients, if they're feeling good, one week and like we're in more of that like power quote unquote rep range like you know the one to three reps maybe I'm like let's just go for a one you know a heavy single like if you're feeling good let's do it and that's the that's the nice part about just you know training in general and and maybe like having a coach who who can tell you that but it's like okay listen to your body as well as manipulate these variables so you're progressively overloading as you go so yeah totally and I think that as women, it's kind of fun to have an idea um, throughout our menstrual cycle, yeah. like when we are stronger, mm -hmm. because then I can look at that from a high level and program my like heavier, more intense days or even my higher volume weeks or whatever during yeah. the week that I'm strongest. Yeah. And this is why like, I don't, I, I definitely know <laughs> it's important for us to do this episode because I see a lot with people, you know, on either social media or just women in general, they've been doing the same workout for years and, you know, they're lifting like three pound weights and they're like, yeah, like why am, why aren't I progressing? And I'm like, well, because you have no progressive overload. So we want to explain it, but it's like, 
you don't need to make it so complicated, right? right? Like it's obviously the most important thing is to be consistent, right? If you're doing something consistently, like you're doing a lot better than most people. But in relation to the what Heather said about uh, women in our cycles, we are actually really strong the during the bleed week and the week after. Um, I, this is generally right. This is you know what I've researched in the past. Yeah, and then, everyone's different. Yeah, the the week or two leading up to it, that's generally when you're going to notice um, a decrease in your strength. So let's say you have uh, adapted, you know, the first couple of weeks of a new like stimulus. Maybe you switched up your rep ranges and you're feeling really good about it. And then, you know, you're the week before your period and you're really bloated and you feel like shit. And you're like, wait, I don't feel as strong. Well, that is also a huge factor. And it doesn't mean you're not progressing. So that's why I wanted to like explain like, yes, this is important, but it's not the end all be all because there are a lot of other factors that come into play, which we've already, you know, uh, hone in on on multiple other podcasts like the stressors in your life it make a huge difference. So if you notice you're not progressing in whatever training program you're doing, like don't just ditch it, right? As long as there's some sort of progressive overload in it, then you're you're on the right track and you're going to be fine. It's just that some weeks in the month, you're probably going to feel like shit and you're like, well, and if you're thinking, um, you know, it's my training program, I thought I was progressively overloading and now I feel crappy. Well, let's take a step back and realize that, you know, we like we're a body that's affected by life and life stressors. So just keep that in mind. And I think we're going to do another podcast soon about, you know, diving into like uh, menstrual cycles and training, which is really important and really um, important for women to understand. But generally, like keep that in mind when you are training that you will feel like shit certain weeks of the month. And that's that's why I like two things. I like either a lot of times I like to follow a program that goes off of RPE, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. just rating how I how I feel and how fast the, the lift moves and all that. I know that's harder for beginner lifters, yeah. um, but I like to do that because then on the weeks that I feel like crap, mm-hmm. I can scale back a little bit. Yeah. And so RPE is rate of perceived exertion. So like, you know, you might have been feeling like with Heather's example, like you might, let's say you're squatting 200 pounds, you know, for five reps and it felt like an eight and you felt good. And then the week before your period, it feels like a 10 and you're like, okay, well, if you're tracking that, then you can go back, you know, like the next month, if this happens again, you know, don't chalk it up to you're losing strength, but oh, okay. This happened to me last month, you know, right before my period. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And I know with you, well, both of us, when we were initially powerlifting and, and you with your powerlifting clients, you know, we've, we've both tried the percentage based programming. Mm -hmm. And I think that's harder for women just because we do have these variations. Like it's really hard to hit 80% every single week of, you know, whatever is prescribed for your programming. So, um, yeah, it's just something to keep in mind if you are like that performance athlete it's specifically strength sports like um you know olympic weightlifting or powerlifting or or if you're just someone like really yeah. into getting stronger and numbers and you want to right. measure it and you want to be you yeah know. but i think one of the things to take into account i think this is just important information if you're looking for a program online right yeah and it also goes to show that obviously what we say all the time and you'll hear any coach say is that individualized coaching is key yeah because your coach can help you find those patterns and mm-hmm. and 
you know, because it's it's really hard to not beat yourself up yeah. when you're the one like responsible for your either your programming or following a program and you don't have that that outside viewpoint to yeah. tell you, no, look, this is this is just a you know, this is just the stress. Or you told me, you know, you wrote in your tracker that you had this amount of stress this week or you didn't mm-hmm. sleep, or hey, yeah. this is a pattern that we see every month. Like mm-hmm. it's really good to have that outside perspective. Yeah. And it's some a lot of times what I find with people and my clients, it's like they already know, like when they ask me, they know what the answer is. They just want to hear it from me too. Right. Yeah. And then they feel way better about it. And I'm the same way. Like I'll, I don't know, complain about something to my coach and he'll be like, mm, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, you're right. And I already knew the answer. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, having that outside perspective and, and also like having, having someone track it for you or semi-objectively track it for you can help you progressively overload, you know, in the best way for you personally, like they can adjust your volume and intensity if needed so that you are progressing you know, at a certain time of the month or a certain time in your life, like maybe shit is really stressful in your life. Well, maybe we try to progress in, you know, with lower volume and like more intensity or something like that. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. So, or we work on like recovery and right, yeah. mindset and there's so many things you can work on. Yeah. Right. Than, rather than just, you know, wait on the bar, wait on the bar. So that's the, probably the main takeaway is that weight on the bar is not the only way to progressively overload. I would argue that it's like, not low on the totem pole, but it's definitely just like one of many. And I don't want people to get hung up on, am I getting stronger? Like, you know, um, objectively, like number by number, am I getting stronger? Like pound for pound is what a lot of people get hung up on. And it's like, well, yes and no. Like that depends on the tempo, the rep range, the sets, the rest, like try doing sets of 15 on squats and having only like 90 seconds of rest. Like you're not going to be, even close to the first set uh, weight that you did, right? So there's a lot of factors that come into play. All right, anything else you want to add? Maybe one more thing is like, studies are great, like we've said before, but take everything with a grain of salt, like especially when you're like, if you see something that is saying linear periodization is the only way to go or you know like okay so how long was your study and who did you study like did you study college-aged males like they do for every single study did you study women at all how long was the study three months like it doesn't take into account life stressors and and a lot of other things but again use the science as definitely like a guiding light but you know don't take it like don't take it and run for the rest of your training career like linear periodization for life or whatever so I do think it's great that now it seems like there's more um, kind of meta-analysis coming out. There's oh, yeah. more like mm-hmm. overall reviews of past studies coming yeah. out that are, because con- there's been a lot. Uh, yeah. Like you said, not as many on women, but yeah. we're getting there. Um, but I think there's more and more of that recently that's saying, hey, here's the big picture that we're getting from the science. Yeah. And it's not originally what we thought. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it's great. Cool stuff. All right. Well, thanks y'all for listening. Um, Please remember to, we would love it if you would review it and uh, this podcast and share it with a friend. That would be great. So more people can find us. Write us a little review. Yep. And if you want to ask questions, um, join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. And you can ask questions and we can address them on the podcast. Yeah. And exclusive content there. So yeah, good stuff. Follow us on the social medias at Bar Path Fitness. Yep. TikTok, Instagram. Uh, Yeah. That's it. All right. We'll see you next week.